0: You're not winning 90% of your new business because you have some sort of incredible value. I'm gonna take a
1: bit of a different angle. You know, I'm gonna budget this big. I'm gonna give it to you because you have a, a really killer plan. You give a Red Bull to a turtle, what do you expect? I think that's a dead turtle. <laughs> so let's move on to... Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
2: Does your current premium finance company lock you into long-term agreements? That's because they don't want you talking to us. At IFS, we win your business the good old fashioned way with customer service. I know you don't always have to use a premium finance company, but when you do, you should use IFS. Cheers.
1: Hi there and welcome to another episode of the Digital Insurance Pint podcast. We're into season six, if you can imagine that. As always, I'm joined by my colleague, Steve Earle, CEO of Cheap Insurance. Hello. Adam Mitchell, CEO of Mitch Insurance. Hello. Jeff Roy, CEO of Excalibur Insurance. Hey guys. And Ladies. soon to be released uh, amazing read to ride uh, book, which is in the final stages of the publication. So uh, and our new charity sponsor. And we are super pleased to be joined again uh, by Sharif Jamal, CEO of Trueflit Technology. Hey Sharif. Hey guys. So, Sharif, we were debating whether we actually need to, you know, give you a little intro piece.
3: <laughs> Prince, Madonna, and, and Sharif, people that don't need a last
4: name. Sharif, you're on that there it is.
1: That's right. Uh, so, well, Sharif, why don't, you, why don't you give us an abbreviated version of the intro?
4: My name is Sharif Jamail. I uh, I am the CEO of Trufla. Prior to this, uh, I owned a brokerage, Sharp Insurance, based out of Calgary that I started about uh, 14 years ago. And Trueflow is kind of born out of Sharp, and uh, I've been working with brokers. I've been in the industry for for years, not as much, not as many years as Steve, but I'm not trying to date you, Steve, or anything like, like that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, where we we provide technology for brokers from coast to coast. So um,
1: let's let, let's get into this here. So we're going to be talking about broker modernization, broker digitization, wherever you want to call it. Some big data, some AI, some Significant opportunities for the broker channel, not just uh, through Trufla, but in general. So maybe we should start with taking a little stock of where we are. Um, a number of years ago, I, I was involved in this. Aviva uh, developed a tool that analyzed uh, the state of broker digitization based on a ton of factors. Truthfully, when Aviva stopped doing that, Trufla took that up, re, sort of redeveloped it, uh, you know, enhanced it. Um, so, truthfully, or, or sure, if you would have a sense, from a number of years ago, where that was, I haven't seen anything, you know, since then. But maybe you talked to us in the last three years or so. Where has sort of the state of broker modernization gone? Is it getting better, static? You know, what's going on there?
4: So it's it's uh, it's a case of those were that were at the forefront uh, are, are much are are even further ahead. Um, those that were at the at the bottom end that we kind of dubbed the laggards. There's been a little bit of movement, but not as much as you think, because because and. You know and then in the middle there definitely has been some some movement but there's some interesting um, interesting uh insights that we've we've gleaned from it so again those were there at the forefront you know they, they'd they already appreciated the power of, of digitization and and have used it to accelerate um so they're they're pushing ahead those that were at the end what we've realized is they're the ones that are actually looking to exit the business you know that they don't want to pump in a lot of money which is actually kind of a poor strategy because we know that deploying digital technology in your brokerage actually enhances the value of the of of the brokerage um so you know but sometimes they don't see that and those that are in the middle there's definitely been a move to digitize um at, at at many levels but the challenge that they're facing is and it's one that most technology companies don't realize or appreciate is how much change management is required inside of the inside of the the brokerage. Like it's nice to say you want to deploy all this kind of technology, but to actually deploy it and get people to change internally and change out processes and get your people on board is is a much bigger challenge than most brokers even appreciate. And so that's where it usually falls flat. Um, but I can say that. Um, there is a, a, an overarching movement to digitizing for sure. And just,
3: just quickly on TrueScore, what is the area? Is there any areas that brokers are, are very weak and need to improve on? Like what sticks out to you that, man, people are just missing this. They really got to start working on this and they're not putting the effort in or they don't understand it. What are is there any areas that jump out at you? And like, if I was a brokerage owner, I can't believe I'm not doing anything on this. Share that with our listeners.
4: Yeah, so the, the, the biggest one that we get out of it is... The way most brokerages operate and the way they, um, they 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 build out their sites right now is they want it to almost be like a brochure of what they do, and they're missing the point of what the site should should be. It's actually a lead generator, not a not not a brochure. So they they deploy the site. And they leave it and they don't look at how the the site performance changes over time a site degrades naturally over time especially as the the world wide web is a living thing and and it's constantly updating and the technology is advancing and your site has to keep up with it and if your performance of the site and how the site is structured and even the content that's on the site isn't geared to driving a a lead you'll just fall off the map and you're just you, you know and most brokers don't even realize that they are in the most competitive um, domain online. There is nothing more competitive than insurance online. So it takes a heavy lift and a big effort to you know keep your site well well maintained, keep the performance up, curate your content to who you're you're talking to, and and to generate a lead and look at it as a lead generator, not just as a brochure site, nobody wants a brochure site online for for insurance. So that's the biggest weakness that we find constantly. So pe- people are still at web, web 1.0 when it should
3: be at web 3.0. And you know, one thing, I don't know if we can, uh, Tom, I'm not sure if we wanna go here, but talk about core vitals. Like, you know, Google's came out with core vitals about a year and a half ago. It's kind of been the holy grail for our team to pass it. And it's—I've never had more difficulty trying to pass something in my life. I'm hearing that hey, it doesn't you don't have to pass it because only 25% of the traffic is on Google. You know, I still feel Google's got a number you should pass it. What's your thoughts on core vitals and how important it is for brokers to actually look at it, or is it just a number that nobody cares about?
4: Let's look at it, and frame it differently, right? If Google is offering it as a free tool for people to use, and they've taken the time to build it and they're constantly updating it, that you know it's something that they're interested in and there's a reason why they look at that number so anybody that tells you that looking at those core vitals and performance doesn't affect their seo is 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 misstepped and doesn't understand this is a tool provided by the same company that ranks your sites so so, um it it is vital and it's funny because we're going to talk about the ai stuff that's coming out and so there's a big movement right now and we're even seeing it from brokers that they want to use AI tools to curate content on their website. And there was already a Code Red put out by Google internally, that they are developing tools to combat that, that if a site is deemed to be using AI to generate its content, that that could be the next Panda too, which is, if, if, and for those who don't know what Panda is, it was an algorithm change that happened in 2011. And, when you weren't following the rules of 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 SEO the rules of engagement for SEO or weren't you know kind of Google's rules they would basically delist you <clears throat> off of Google and being delisted off of Google is basically being wiped off the face of the earth and so there's big chatter around a panda 2 coming out and you know the fear of too many companies using AI to generate content that is not authentic that is not proper. There is a way to do it, but you have to be super intelligent with how to, how to do it properly. It's and not cheating. It. Google it's, sees it as cheating. They see it as cheating. For, yeah, for sure. But there is, so I, I'll say from a truthful perspective, and we can talk about this in the AI part, there is ways we are using, and we're already um, beta testing how to use tools like GPT, injecting it in a website, and and Augmenting the, the 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 data, but still making sure that it's authentic and um, that it's valuable to the consumer. That it's not just generic AI content, you know, for a for an auto insurance page or an aviation insurance page. So,
1: Sharif, um, you mentioned that um, you know the, the the higher level modern digital brokers are accelerating got the foot and pedal. Next folks down are moving, and the bottom folks are not. You know, outside of potentially just sitting there waiting to be sold, like what what other factors do you think are holding brokers back from from pushing ahead in this curve? Given, especially given the comment you made earlier, that insurance is you know the most uh, expensive and competitive space on the web.
4: So the two things, the two easy answers for that. One is always cost, right? To to to, to implement this stuff, money is. Uh, technology is not cheap to to acquire and deploy and implement and there's costs at every level there um, and then it comes down to change management um, and there is there is a an intangible cost and on the change management side because of the the operational impact that it can have um, as you're ramping up to to deploy um, new technology and that is where brokers tend to get hung up big time
0: so. Sharif, haven't you just contradicted yourself in the sense of, I don't know, five minutes ago you told us that deploying technology makes your brokerage more valuable. Now you said deploying technology is super expensive. Super expensive means hitting your bottom line. And if your brokerage is valued as a multiple of your EBITDA, where's, where's the balance?
4: depends on the technology that you're looking to deploy and whether you can actually get a meaningful ROI on that technology. So it comes down so you if you want to survive technology is now table stakes and we know that I think we all we all know that. What technology you deploy and the real ROI and not just kind of bright shiny object is the is the challenge because deploying it internally is a heavy lift. And you need to make sure you can get that return. Some technology can get that return much faster. Some take a little bit longer. And depending on when you're looking at at selling your brokerage, I mean, you start making strategic decisions, you know, at that point for how to um, or what you want to deploy internally. So they actually still fall fall in uh, fall in line together. But there's no such thing as a technology that doesn't cost money there's significant research and effort that goes into building out the technologies
0: what you're saying is uh just just buying it isn't enough
4: you you got to work it you got to work it and that's where brokers fall they've, they've spent a lot of years buying it and not doing anything and then it kind of sits on the shelf and then they look back and say well we bought all this stuff and we never used it do we actually need technology so it it, it creates kind of a vicious circle right
1: this sounds like my bow flex
4: <laughs> that's, that, that's a good analogy that's a great analogy
1: Shriflet let's talk About the cost side, Um, because I think based on some of the stuff I've been hearing, there actually is some opportunities for brokers to uh, maybe reduce some of that cost. There's a, much as I hate to say it, there's a good government program out there called CDAP, uh, which is aimed at promoting investment in Canadian businesses, specifically small businesses. Um, And um, you're way more knowledgeable about it than I am. And maybe you want to talk a bit about CDAP, what that program is, and why that's interesting to brokers and what. Truth's involvement in it is?
4: For sure. So CDAP is uh, an acronym for the Canadian Digital Adoption Program. It was a program that the Government of Canada released uh, mid last year, around June last year. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't that well marketed, but um, the whole point of the program is the government is putting money up to digitize every business in Canada. So they're focusing, you know, every business should have uh, digitization, um, you know, a certain level of digitization to it. And so recognizing that digital does cost money and it is kind of a a heavy lift. They've created a number of grants and the ones that we're looking at, it's called Stream 2. Um, It focuses on um, the entire digital roadmap of a a brokerage. So they give grant money to hire an approved digital advisor. So you've got to be approved on the program. To come in and create uh, a very detailed and robust digital roadmap for the business. So in this case, it would be the brokerage, looking at everything internally, looking at all the pain points, all the technology that's being used. Uh, is it being used well? Is it not? What technology is available to bring in to improve? You know, to get that ROI, to improve efficiencies, improve productivities, and all the buzzwords. And then, you know, kind of the brokerage gets this detailed digital report, and from that. Um, brokerages can qualify for two different um, amounts uh, if you are up to five million in revenue then you qualify for fifty thousand dollar fifty thousand dollars in funds if you're between five million and hundred million in revenue you qualify for uh, up to a hundred thousand dollars in funds this is a loan that's provided through the bdc that is a guaranteed loan to the business uh, it is interest-free, amortized over six years with a 12-month capital postponement, so no payments for the first 12 months. There is no fees, there is no securities, so there's no personal guarantee, corporate guarantee, GSA or anything that that needs to be uh, paid on it. And it can be used for pretty broad, um, quite broadly, so it can be used to deploy technology new technology to upgrade existing technology. It can be used to hire and train people. It can be used to bring in additional advisory services to um, to basically anything that a brokerage needs, this money is available um, to be used for it. And with the 12 month um, postponement, it allows a brokerage to deploy, successfully deploy, see an ROI on the money before they even start to, to pay it back. So it's effectively free money for every business in Canada. And you do have to go through an approved digital advisor. Uh, as it stands right now, at this very moment, Trufla is the only approved digital advisor in the insurance industry uh, for insurance in, in Canada. Um, now, a brokerage can use any digital advisor. We've just kind of been approved as an expert in the insurance world. Um, but uh, we, we wanna work with brokers to, to kind of Create those roadmaps, provide the 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 recommendations for technology, and it is not just true technology. We we will be recommending all types of different technology from all types of vendors. Um, it's not sole sourcing; it is true consulting services and a digital roadmap for each brokerage.
2: Isn't there isn't there two parts to the grant as well? Because there's a 15k consult fee that. Uh the business or the brokerage in this example pays first to get the digital strategic roadmap rolled out and then you get that reimbursed I think from the government maybe via BDC and then once executing that plan or to execute that plan you get access to the 50 or 100k interest-free loan.
4: No, the the brokerage doesn't actually have to pay any of that up front. So the the, the, the 15,000 is for the consulting fees. And then they would submit that invoice with the roadmap to the um, to the government. And once that's approved, the government reimburses um, fifteen thousand. So it's it's the the brokerage they will only pay up to ninety percent of it. So the brokerage does have to pay ten percent of the cost of the um, of the, the consult, and the government pays the, the rest. So there, there, there isn't a big amount that has to come out from the brokerage. And then once that's approved and the plan is approved, then they would apply for the loan and that money would be deposited straight into the broker's account to be used how they see fit.
0: Earlier, Tom asked you what's holding modernization back. I'm going to say, ask you who is holding back digitization slash modernization of the broker channel.
4: I, I know where you're going with that, and I'm going to say the brokers are their own worst enemies when it comes to that. I'm not just going to look at you can't just look at saying okay, connectivity carriers, sure they play a part. The systems don't don't integrate. The data is 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 lacking, whatnot. But that's 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 kind of marginalizing it into one part of the of the process. There are so many different things that that a broker could do that would instantly elevate their game. And I think that a lot of the stuff that we're talking about in terms of that you know, APIs and connectivity and stuff, that's like five or six steps down the road. You can't really talk about API and connectivity and wanting to do all that when you don't even have the internal systems that can do that. Like there's multiple things that have to happen. So take the first few steps and make get to those systems that have the ability to do that. And to, in all honesty, that's part of why carriers aren't moving at the lightning speed that they need to, because even if they do have these APIs and whatnot, and some of them do, go ask a womanisa how many brokers are actually taking advantage of the millions that they've spent to create all the apis that they that they have they're going to tell you it was a it's it's, it's it, would, it would look like a lost cause at this at this point well, because it's, the it's, to none. To. it's,
0: it's yeah. almost
4: none yeah but that's so that so so we can't always just look at well you're part of the problem you're part of, that, that brokers have the opportunity to up do big upgrades internally you know at various levels that don't even need connectivity and, and up their game and then bring in the, the what I'd call more advanced pieces. Question,
3: just to flip it over, I, I think that's game changing, uh, to kind of flip it over to AI. I don't know if we're ready to pivot onto this, but uh, you know, bro- uh, AI is not going to replace brokers, is one of my lines, but uh, brokers use AI will replace those who don't. That's something I firmly believe and it's something that kind of drives me. You've got some, uh, you know, some neat stuff under the hood with Broker X-Ray, you know, maybe tell the listeners like, you know, what you're doing with AI and how truthful is trying to change the game to be able to let brokers use their data and pool it with other data to make intelligence decisions to actually run their brokerage.
2: We should let Sharif answer it, but like I do genuinely think that AI is on the precipice of starting to displace and augment uh... A lot of what brokers do
4: yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna suggest that it may not displace but it'll augment so right now one of the big crises that the industry is facing every single one of you in a in a brokerage is facing this is there is a massive people crunch you can't get people fast enough you can't get them trained fast enough there's there's a bigger need for insurance insurance is becoming even more complex with a lot of what's, what's 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 happening around there's new insurance products coming out and for a brokerage that focuses on kind of one line of business if you were typically a personal lines brokerage you didn't step into the commercial space because you would need a heavy lift of expertise and things like that so you typically didn't if you were commercial you didn't do the other way now ai is going to let you grow your business faster get into different lines and not need as many people you won't have to grow your people base quite as fast so it, it quickly gets rid of um i believe it's going to quickly get rid of the, the the talent crunch because you nailed it adam you're going to be able to do more you know have more policies on a per csr um per csr count and that the, the the education to getting there is going to be accelerated um, that's,
2: that's displacing customers like i think we're splitting not displacing customers that's displacing brokers no right like you, no, you may know it's, 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 no, it's, it's not
0: repurposing it's, it's, I agree with Sharif it's repurposing the existing team that, who are doing donkey work that isn't customer facing that isn't relationship driven it's it's stuff that if your staff does 20 things five of them they freaking hate and actually aren't necessary and we get AI to do those five things and we can focus on the 15 that are that are really good
4: am I am I right or wrong let's 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 be let's be honest with ourselves here what wakes insurance what makes being an having an insurance brokerage one of the greatest businesses in the history of mankind one of the big ones is the regulatory do you think the government's ever going to say oh yeah we're going to let an ai bot just uh start selling insurance without having a person uh without having a person there the, the ai machine is just going to take over no you still have to have rebo licenses you've got all this regulatory you know this high bar that's there and by the time the government even gets around to that like we're talking eons down the down the road so brokers are still protected by the regulatory threshold the high regulatory threshold to sell the policy but they'll be able to sell and service so much more with less regulated uh or less licensed people inside each brokerage they will never be eliminated they'll just be augmented
2: that's the piece i'm holding on to and we might be saying two sides of one coin but if currently we have one broker per thousand clients, and we're going to go up to 3,000 clients per one broker. That is the displacement of two brokers in the current model. I may then choose to have them do other valuable things, but there's two displaced brokers in that simple equation.
4: So the reason why I say 10 times, and if you, if I go back to the the, the math that you just used, if I say 10 times, when I had um, when I had Sharp, we were operating one CSR for every twenty five hundred policies. So we were already two and a half times, and that was just using a technology like like True Mobile, just deploying True Mobile and deploying it properly. We were one to twenty five hundred. Add AI onto that, you get to ten times pretty fast. On top of that, so you're one thousand. That's not even that. That's not even a realistic measure. You should be a one to ten thousand at that point. So what? What? How many problems does that start to solve, especially in, in the hiring and licensing side of the world, which isn't going to go away. Yeah.
1: I think you guys, I think you guys, honestly, are saying the same thing, right? Yeah, everybody's saying, every, you're everybody's about saying the is, same. We all agree. You're both talking about uh, you're, you're both talking about freeing up capacity, and what you then choose to do with that capacity is up to you. You could then say, right, you know, half of our quotes are dying on the desk in the old days, now they don't, right? Normally we spend 10 minutes doing a quote, Now we can spend 30 and do a killer job of it, right? Now I can, I never talk to my clients on renewal. Now I can talk to all of my clients for renewal, or I can fire half my staff and put the money in my pocket.
4: Well, hold on, there's the, there's an 800 pound gorilla in the room and let's not be, let's not think, you know hide under a rock on this. As AI comes in, this is why, where Jeff was saying earlier, you know, it, AI will replace brokers that don't use AI, not brokers entirely, because as AI becomes more prominent and brokers become more efficient, you think there's not an insurance company that's sitting there saying, wait a minute, you're now doing 10 times the work with the same people. If you don't think that has an impact and that's not being talked about, then you are living under a rock.
2: <laughs> so so the, the piece that I'd parse on there is like, on the equilibrium of brokers, like first getting to this efficiency, are going to enjoy all kinds of margin and opportunity to redeploy margin and invest in things. If you're the last mover to get there, uh, you're going to go through some
1: painful time of quite likely r- reduced revenue per policy. Basically, what you're saying is from a carrier's perspective, they see a brokerage, the brokerage channel at large, freeing up significant amounts of capacity, right? Therefore making you know significantly higher EBITDAs. And the carrier says, well, why do you need 20% commission then?
4: Even if it was t- if you're getting 10 times and you, and the commission was slashed in half, you're way more profitable than where you are today. And the consumer wins too.
1: Absolutely. you're taking cost of the equation. All the way down. Absolutely. And you're taking, you're taking at that point useless cost out of the equation, so everybody wins. Um, and I think back to Adam's point is that's great if you're one of that top 25 percent on the curve who are at 10x, if you're the laggard and you're at you know 1x, and now the commission is 14 points instead of 20. It's, you know, goodbye EBITDA, you're now negative.
0: Insurers insurers have a proven track record of, as brokers become more efficient, insurers give us more to do.
1: <laughs>
0: Stuff that was better, <laughs> right? Is, um, that, is that
3: like insurers coming out with new, new questions that aren't the CZO standards and not adding them in and making us do more work?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So as, as soon as we create efficiency, so as soon as we get bots doing our all of our portal work, they'll do something else. To give us another one of their jobs.
2: To- I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago, Steve could sit in like an actual store bought chair. And I had like an actual finished room to do these recordings in like
1: <laughs> times are getting tougher. Right. So so we talked AI, let's kind of put AI aside because what Sharif you're doing is actually not technically AI, it's more of a big data approach. Um, and that's your broker x-ray. So maybe you just talk a bit about what that is and what it does and what benefits your clients have taken away from that.
4: Yeah. So um, broker x-ray is kind of the first one that we that we launched, and basically, um, it, it analyzes each renewal on a renewal by renewal basis, and it'll tell the broker how price competitive that renewal is relative to the market. Should that client go out and shop, it'll do the analysis on the year-over-year change of the of the policy, um, and it'll basically tell you where you should place that business with what market. Should you need to move it, um, whether you know, it'll tell you, give you the intelligence of here's the lowest that they'll find out. Out there in the market, even if you don't carry that market, um, and what's the lowest you'll find inside your brokerage with the markets that you carry? And um, Steve, uh, Steve helped us out big time by bringing um, more to the table. Where now we introduce kind of claims and convictions and whatnot right at the right at the outset. So all it's intended to do is give the broker upfront intelligence that they then figure out internally what they need to do with it, how they should, um, you know, what they should do with that uh, with that client. Uh, and brokers, our analysis over the last year is brokers that have deployed it properly and that are using the technology, um, you know, embedded in the process are now seeing north of a 2% lift on their retention.
1: 2% or 2 points, like 90 to 92 or? Yeah, like 90 mean? to 92, 2%. Two yeah, two, two, right two, 200 basis points, 2, two percentage points up. Not, yeah. So, so if I can sort of re- reel this back a second. So in theory, most brokers should look at, in theory, if you had you know, all this AI driven extra time and horsepower, look at every policy, but that is impractical for the vast majority of brokerages, right? So you know, every brokerage knows they're going to lose 8 to 10% every year. Um, and what essentially, if I got to understand this correctly, basically what you're doing is identifying those policies that might be, let's say 25% of the book that are are the most likely to contain that eight to ten percent.
4: Yeah, it, at- it, it allows you to
0: focus on your greatest flight risks because we've talked about number of policies per CSR and the amount of resources we have. Like you said, Tom, it's just impractical right now for for a broker to, you know, do what it is we'd all really want to do with actually every single damn renewal. This gives us more intelligence to focus on. Um, those that need it for a bunch of different reasons, whether it's price or or other things, it gives you focus.
4: But there's a flip side to it too. So all we've talked about is the retention side. There's actually a whole other side that most brokers have never looked at because they have no mechanism to look at. And that is actually optimizing each of their clients. So let's say you've got a client whose policy premium actually went down By 15% on a year over year basis. Well, that actually affected your income as well by 15% on that that policy. But we've done an analysis on that client, and that renewal is actually 30% lower than anything they would find out there should they go out and shop. Well, could you right size that that client now, make it a win 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 for everybody? Increase limits, increase, uh, you know, add on endorsements. And now the client's policy is only going down by 5%, but they have much more coverage. And you've right-sized that client, knowing that if they go out and shop, they actually won't find anything cheaper and you're starting at a higher point now. So we've done an analysis on that end. Clients that are using it on the flip side are seeing a 1.5% increase on their revenue.
2: Is this the first application of artificial intelligence and end or analytics at this level in, in the broker world? I got to, I don't know of another one.
4: As far as we know, we're the only ones that have ever created anything like this and Tom, you've been around for, you know, a long time too and uh, and you've been on the carrier side. I don't think there's ever been anything like this, this kind of intelligence for uh, for a broker before.
1: Not for the broker. I mean, carriers have implemented this with their pricing models for years and years and years, right? Like Intax, customer value index or what CVI whatever it's called. You know, I remember actuaries working on that back in the 90s. And it was obviously rudimentary, and it has evolved dramatically since then. But this is the first sort of multivariate, you know, big data model that I'm aware of that's being used in the broker world, and part, partly because, in order to use big data, you have to have big amounts of data, and you know, most brokers don't have that. And even the big ones, like a hub, you know, they might have, you know, over their acquisitions, they might have 16 different databases that are difficult to to integrate, right? So the the amount of data that they just have access to. Is anywhere near enough to have the kind of um, uh, efficiency and, and confidence level around the outcomes of the data. What Sharif has been able to do is you know, get the power of many brokers together to make that happen for each individual player. So um, yeah, anyway, long story short, no, this is, I've not seen this before. This is the first one I'm
4: aware of. And we're just, we're, we're only starting to scratch the surface of what is like, we're looking at it from this perspective and you guys can do the math and you can do the numbers in your own brokerages, On average, across brokers from coast to coast, a 1% increase on retention or revenue increases your EBITDA by 20%. It's a 1 to 20 correlation. And do the math on it. So if you're increasing by 1% on the revenue side and 2% or 1.5 and 1.5, and let's say you've got an aggregate of 3% on your brokerage, you're actually increasing your EBITDA by about 60%. And that's
2: just pure math. Here's another use application is, is I think brokers get frustrated with their markets at different time. And some brokers will go looking for another market to add or flip or change. Here's an actual intelligent look into the marketplace with your book of clients as how it would relate from markets you don't have. Like That's pretty useful and interesting little thing sitting in the toolbox that I'm curious to see how people pick it up and use it.
4: Well, the, the other thing that the tool does is it'll tell you on all, all your renewals. So it'll tell you, okay, all your renewals aggregated together, here's how many, what percentage of them are in the, call it the high risk category. Here's how many of them are just right. And here's how many of them you can you can price optimize your your book, right? So they're, they're on the low side. But then we break it down on a per carrier basis inside of the brokerage as well, for the markets that you have. So you'll know on a per carrier basis, oh man, this carrier has a ton in the red looks like i'm going to be spending a lot of time with this market right right here this market here oh they're, they're, this is perfect this is right in line with the average you know across you know across all the all the markets so it even gives you a level of intelligence on a carrier level and how you are you know how your book is is ranked from a too high too low or just right perspective
3: Awesome. As we start wrapping up here, uh, any other tools in the pipeline you've got coming out, Sharif, that you can talk about or anything that changes that Trufla is going to outside like the broker x-ray has been cool. This new uh, CDAP program you're working with is awesome. Anything else that going on at Trufla that uh, our listeners should be aware of?
4: Yeah. I mean, we've got, we've got a lot that's in the pipe. Um, we are doing a lot of work using data and AI on the rating side of the, of, of, of the world um, we're applying rating, oh, sorry, uh, data and AI on the client acquisition side of the world, you know, looking to use it to power, uh, SEO and, 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 and other kind of web capabilities. Um, everything we're focusing on right now is on, um, data and AI and then embedding it into the tools to power brokers faster.
2: Plug, plug the, uh, conference coming up.
4: So amplify, um, Amplify conference, September 25th and 26th. We are, um, we, we kind of recognize that in Canada, there isn't any meaningful tech conference, especially for brokers. Um, you know, it's kind of that moniker of insure tech, but broker specific tech, there really isn't anything um, worthwhile. So we decided to, to kind of expand Amplify and focus on, on that. We are bringing in vendors, all types of vendors. It is not a truthful focused thing. It's a broker technology focused event, um, all types of vendors um that have technology for brokers we're bringing in some remarkable speakers our one of our keynote speakers is jeff adamson who is the co-founder of both skip the dishes and neo-financial brett colvin who's a co-founder of good lawyer which is an up-and-coming disruptor in the in the legal space Um, we've got i mean tom reed is a a speaker to talk about the, the digital connectivity
1: So you got some amazing speakers and me. (laughs)
4: No, you are one of the amazing speakers, Um, and and we've got a bunch, a bunch more. There's education tracks. There's speakers. There's demo stages, so the brokers can see the technology live and in play. All types of different technologies. It's a, it's a pretty cool function that uh, is going to be fun too. So we've been
0: toying with the idea of uh, doing uh, a show on benchmarking, and as you're talking through everything and seeing. All the brokers that like one of the questions is uh, like there's historical benchmarks we talked about the number of policies per CSR and that sort of thing. What what are we seeing for a benchmark in percent of revenue to your tech stack?
4: Like what what does that is it two percent is it twelve? Where where seven seven to ten percent is the norm now? Seven to ten percent seven to ten percent is kind of the norm for for tech spend which is really uncomfortable for a lot of uh, a lot of brokerages um, to get to that level but anything kind of below that is not really going to meaning have any kind of meaningful ha- have any meaningful change um, in the in the brokerage which is why things like the CDAP is so crucial right now because it just injects that cash so it allows you to get that return on investment upfront and really kickstart that, uh, the, the, the spend that you need to, to digitize your broker. I, I
0: presume that number includes your BMS. So it's, it's,
1: it's tech entirely,
4: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, listen, let me give a shout out to our uh, premium sponsor, premier sponsor, gold sponsor, top sponsor, only sponsor, IFS Premium Finance. Uh, thanks so much, guys. And of course, a shout out to Excalibur's Read to Ride program. And by the time this comes to air, I think uh, the uh, book that Jeff has been uh, been uh, shepherding through the process will be in digital and actual print. So, looking forward to that. So, uh, Sharif, thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing all the new stuff that's happening. Thanks, guys.
4: Thanks so much, Sharif. Great seeing you all.
1: Is retention
2: important to your brokerage? Of course, it is. That's why at IFS, we have a cancellation prevention process. Want more details? Give us a call. I know you don't always use a premium finance company, but when you do, you should use IFS. Cheers.